This episode contains information about mental and physical health. We remind you that we are not trained or qualified health professionals and everything we talk about in this episode is based on our own experience. If you are in need of medical or psychiatric help, please seek professional help from your GP. Our circle aims to bring you open and honest conversations in a safe and inclusive space. If you are triggered by discussing mental or physical health, we advise you to skip this episode as we do not aim to cause any mental harm for our listeners. We look forward to you coming back to our next episode and welcoming you to our circle. This episode is not sponsored, but we encourage you to help support the small businesses, charities and organisations that we mention. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of Our Circle. I'm Rhiannon. And I'm Jess. And today's episode is all about World Mental Health. Today is World Mental Health Day, so we are celebrating World Mental Health with you all. Um, This episode was actually recorded quite a few months ago. And coming back to editing, we sort of recognised that the episode had more of a focus on mental health. So we thought it would be best to save it for a moment like today. Obviously, we want to always promote mental health throughout the year, but we just thought this was a really prominent sort of topic of discussion so we wanted to sort of save that for today and jump straight into that with our friend Matt Pettit but before we do that we just wanted to talk about mental health ourselves um Jess I believe you wanted to tell us what this year's theme is yeah so the theme for this year's world mental health day is inequality within mental health um so there are many different avenues um, that we could go down in terms of inequality um we're very privileged in our country to have all these mental health services available to us of course there are still some disparities um, but we are very fortunate Uh, one inequality that I think relates to this episode is still the stigma between male mental health Um, in comparison to female mental health there's a stigma uh, around males speaking about how they feel um and I think a few of our other episodes have also included uh, boys talking about this sort of culture with their friends where they found it a little bit difficult to open up and talk about more um emotional things with their yeah. friends um but it was really interesting speaking to Matt about his experience and thankfully he's got a really lovely support system around him so listen to find out more so without further ado please welcome Matt Pettit do you ever feel like there's a stigma for men talking about mental health or the way that they handle mental health? Like, what's your sort of thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I think I think I think so. I think I mean, when I first struggled with it, there is a bit of a like, I don't know, I don't, I don't know if I did, but I think there there is a bit of a weakness element to it. I think there is. As in, you feel weak, or you yeah, you feel, feel it like weak? I think I think like there's like there's times if like you're playing football and you sprain your ankle okay and like let's say like you then you have to you have to be on crutches and you go into school and you feel quite you feel quite cool because you're like oh yeah I uh, got tackled in a football game and so I've got a sprained ankle it's like a triple sprain I don't know if you know but um <laughs> and so you feel quite there's a weird I don't know I might, might have literally just just been me but I think there's there is a thing with like oh if you've broken your leg like people can sign your cast and stuff Oh right! So you, oh, I see what you're but saying. With, so it's like you but with mental it. health, yeah, and it's with mental health. It's a bit more like, yeah, for some reason, it's not as cool. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> it wasn't so. from like playing, like it wasn't you scoring yeah. some goal or something that caused your yeah, mental exactly. health, yeah, right? Okay, pathetic. But 
Um, yeah, I, th I think I think I think there's a, there's a I mean some people like I feel like me and my my mates would be quite open to talking about it and that's good quite supportive. Um, Is that something that yeah, you discuss like with your friends? Yeah, I think it's. I mean, when I when I first sort of had my thing with it, um, I text all of the boys, so like Joe and and everyone, and just sent a text to just say what was going on, and they were all just like, they weren't obviously. I feel like with girls, it's a bit more like, oh my god, tell me everything, like then kind of you know. <laughs> whereas whereas they were like, all right, mate, uh, let us know if you need anything. Yeah. Which is, but that's kind of what you what you want really that's kind of Was yeah and you don't want them to treat you any differently yeah yeah exactly right? so hmm. did you feel then I, that that was enough like for you like for just to yeah, be yeah, through, definitely. Like, like you wouldn't want to discuss any further or is that been something that you would rather like I feel like that uh, when it comes to mental health I feel like people are either they need to be poked and they need that if that makes sense like they yeah. need you to ask because it won't come from them or it's the opposite they're like I need to tell you what's going on so that they can get it out do you feel like you're more like poke me and tell me or I will tell you when I want to tell you um <laughs> yeah, I think uh I don't know I think for me I was I I was doing like therapy and stuff so I think that was that was kind of talking about it with them I did just kind of want them to just be like I just knew I could text them if I needed to like right so they're like basically saying I'm here if you yeah need yeah. to talk to me but yeah okay yeah so it's perfect literally all their responses were just like that they were just like I don't they're probably a bit like it's a bit awkward if we do talk about it but if you want to like like you can sort of thing. really did you feel like that? I think yeah maybe I don't know maybe a little bit I, yeah I think that is the thing with guys it's kind of like they are there if you need them but yeah it probably makes them a little bit I don't know and again I feel like in the last five years because it was like what five years ago so I feel like things have definitely changed now mm. so like on world mental health day i put a message on our on our group and just kind of said like happy happy world mental health day all that and was like if anyone wants a chat give me a chat and like there was nice. all the guys responded just like yeah like all of that so whereas again 10 years ago if i'd put that on a group it probably just wouldn't have even got a a response, response. Right. so I feel yeah. like with with men it's definitely getting more yeah like, like the stigma is going away a little bit almost. yeah yeah definitely yeah I think it's like an ego thing it's it's like a like maybe a generational thing of like oh I'm a man I can't talk about my feelings and a macho like yeah. whereas <laughs> now I think we're all a bit more did you do you find it easier to talk to females then like your female friends about mental health yeah probably I think maybe because like again it's the whole thing I, f I feel like and this is probably a stereotype but I feel like girls quite like talking about their feelings a bit more whereas for guys it's a bit more of an awkward thing I think for us as well though I women have been we're so used to like hospital appointments or doctor's appointments we're so used to having to be almost physically open that we're used to having to talk about everything that we're almost physically feeling so it, it's sort of second nature for us to just talk about what we're mentally feeling as well I think it does yeah. come easier to women because of that but we're also expected already to be super like emotional people so I feel yeah. like you know we're just doing what's expected of us <laughs> we're just talking about <laughs> our feelings like I if think, you want to yeah, talk I about think, your feelings come talk to us it's fine <laughs> yeah, I think guys have, obviously I think guys have got it a bit easier as well just in 
life in general um yeah i mean yeah men do have like they are to an advantage a lot of the time over women like the positions that they're in but it doesn't exclude the fact that they are mm. you know they, they have mental health so i think it's oh great, yeah no, of course yeah i think it's great that you do have that type of friendship with your with your friends and and that um openness and safety i guess because i think a lot of guys don't have that i think a lot of guys wouldn't do what you do like sending a message just to say here for you and whatever and happy world mental health day things like that it's, it, those are little things that i think really help and make an impact yeah i think as i said i think it's mainly it's like a kind of male ego thing isn't it like of yeah if you say it then you're gonna i don't know it's, it's this whole thing of you can like if, if you don't ever say talk about your feelings then in your head people are just gonna think oh he's so he's so hard and he's so like all the best <laughs> But in actual <laughs> fact, like everyone's cried over a film, everyone's, you know, been anxious about something. So mm. it doesn't really make sense to cover up. But you can understand it as well, because especially if people if that's what people have been brought up to do. Yeah. So like for me, for example, I was having panic attacks and stuff. Right. And I I messaged my mum and she came home and she was like, Right, I've booked you a doctor's appointment. It's at midday, you're going to a doctor's right. appointment and and like that, whereas if my dad probably would have been like, my dad's been brought up to be like, get over it sort of thing. And wow. he wouldn't have said that. And he was like supportive, yeah. obviously. But he would never have thought to be like, get your doctor's appointment. Right, that's get really, therapy, that's do all that. Really like, great. Yeah. So, yeah, which I think, again, is the kind of women and men thing, like, mm. which is, a, I think, a generational thing. If you're brought up just being told to just get on with it, like this whole man mm. up thing, isn't it? Mm. Um, then you don't really know. So you're, you're mm. never going to learn. Whereas, because I think my mum had been through stuff before. So she was like, right, right let's get him a doctor's appointment. Let's mm. get him some therapy. Let's Yeah, nip it in the bud sort of thing. Like, yeah. Yeah, so I, I could have gone. Yeah. yeah, I could have gone like months just struggling. And instead, I literally like a week later, I had my first therapy. Um, wow. And was this during while you were at, yeah, 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 like session, I guess. Was this, was this session it, yeah, yeah. when you were at uni? Yeah, second year of uni. Um, yeah, so the first kind of, um, I mean, it's, it sounds crazy. My first panic attack was in Anne Frank's house, which sounds, really? yeah, which Wait, sounds crazy. Wait, hang on, but, what? Were you yeah, in Amsterdam so, with the boys? Yeah, so I was in Amsterdam yeah. with the boys and I, I, I sort of had a mini one on the flight. So on the flight there, I think because of like turbulence and stuff. And then the rest of that trip with the boys, I was just a bit kind of like I queued for three and a half hours for Anne Frank's house, which is a ridiculous system. I think they've made a ticket now, but you'd literally have to turn up like in the morning and you just queue for it. Be like, why? Why is it not just ticketed? Anyway, um, and then I, yeah, I literally got in and then it was just like it was like panicking about having a panic attack. Right. So like fearing so it was going to happen. Yeah, which is quite a common mm. one, I suppose. I um, thought you meant that you were like triggered by Anne Frank's house. Oh that, no, sorry, that sounds awful. Me, no, no, because to me that I would have had a panic attack going into Anne Frank's house because I would have yeah. linked it to that. But you were having mm. something. No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> okay, got it. Yeah, I obviously like really wanted to do it because it's obviously like a really interesting thing. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, and I literally paid for my ticket, got in, and was just like, nah, I don't think I can like, don't think I can do it. So I. Yeah, got like a refund 
and had a lonely walk home. <laughs> um, what did you say to the boys then at that point? So at this point, I so it was mainly, I don't even know if I knew it was a panic attack. I think it was more like, because it was mainly like a, like a feeling in my stomach. Mm-hmm. So I just thought it was like a bug or something like that. So I was like, lads, I've got a, I think my stomach's a bit dodgy. I need to go home. For the rest of the trip, like I had a couple of like nights out, which I think because I was drinking, it was kind of, it took my mind off it a bit. Um, not that that's obviously a fix, but <laughs> um, yeah, short term it kind of was. Um, and then I got home and and even like, yeah, even then, like I, I my mum bought me Actamil and stuff because she was like, you know, a healthy tummy's a happy tummy. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, okay. um, yeah, and, I was, and this is the thing, it's, it's like, if I'd had like a lesson at school about it, like I learned mm, algebra, right. I learned algebra for some reason. Um, yeah. and do you know what, that's, I, I that's no idea. true, that is so true, you don't learn, you, you learn that people can have, a, or at least when we were at school, I don't know what the syllabus is like now, but you yeah. wouldn't learn what the symptoms of a panic attack is, or what the actual feeling is like, you would just be told someone might have it. I feel like mental health, if it was if it was ever mentioned, was like extremes of like yeah. schizophrenia. Like you think of you, you know, you'd call someone a psycho and you know, someone would be like dangerous if they had a mental health issue. I was I don't ever remember being taught about depression or anxiety. That could be that that could be something that we could experience even in more milder forms than, you know, the other end of the spectrum. My first experience of anxiety when recognising what it was was at uni. And I think that's really common, actually, um, when you're in that kind of high-pressured environment and you're away from home and there's so many factors going on. I was in final year and I would just cry, like, seven times a day. I would have no idea, like, why. I don't know why I was, like, crying. And... My all my roommates were like, or my housemates were like, what, what is going on? I was like, I have no idea. And I just felt like that, like you said, that feeling, like the butterflies feeling, and like my heart going all the time, and just feeling like stressed when I didn't really need to feel stressed. I couldn't put my finger on what it was, but yeah, I don't, I don't think I ever would have been able to pinpoint that had someone not said like, that's actually not normal to be feeling like that. Like you should probably go and speak to someone about that. So, um, what was your earliest memory of? feeling anxious um I think again so that was the, that was the first one that like I was like okay this is like affecting day-to-day life so I was having like actamil and like a really healthy diet which is obviously a good thing mm. um but then I think I I think I saw someone's Instagram post but they were studying it, it I don't know it wasn't you but and <laughs> and they um just literally just flashed up and it was like um nausea was like a symptom of panic attacks and I was like yeah I'd just never known never known that and I was like okay that that makes sense and then I kind of wanted to avoid it I was kind of like didn't really want it to basically I wanted a stomach bug I was like okay and then this would just be gone Mm -hmm. and then I kind of started to think like okay and then I, I um it was in the summer so I went back to uni uni I was kind of all right I think just because again my mind was off it I mean, you know, I lived in a house with nine people in the second year, so I was just that's a lot, isn't it? Whoa, different. I was just constantly like messing about and like again, nights out were fine and things like that. I think I did start to miss lectures towards the end of the year, right? 
but I still just I was still just banging about the actor mill and like <laughs> just, <laughs> hoping it would fix it yeah it, like it, it makes me feel really sad because I I have a very different experience with anxiety to you guys because I grew up with it um mm. and I, I I've had it since I was at least four or five and so I've always known what anxiety is but because no one else did to me it felt like it was even more like weird because I was like I've got something that no one's heard of and doesn't understand and stuff so then but then obviously I grew up and understood it and it was fine for me and what well, as in I, I accepted it I guess but when so you know like people like yourself when my friends started getting anxiety or experiencing anxiety at uni where they're not like I, I had almost like the privilege or luxury of having my panic attacks in the safety of my own home, you know, and, and being around my parents who could help me navigate through my panic attacks. And I just felt and I still feel for anyone who's experiencing panic attacks for the first time as an adult, I, I almost feel like not that I would ever wish for anyone to have panic attacks or anxiety or any type of um you know traumatic horrible experience with with mental health but as a child but I do feel like you're almost better off having it as a child because you hopefully have people and adults and your parents to protect you and help you whereas when you're having to do it by yourself as an adult I think that's quite scary Mm. especially when you're at uni and maybe now we're in a better position because of like social media you know constantly promoting it and telling you different coping um techniques and different mm. people like phone numbers you can call and you know all the various ways that you can get help I still think it must be really hard so it makes sense. I just called you every day <laughs> <laughs> I was texting you all the time I really felt for you you were saying the same things to me over and over again I was like oh my god no but that's what must be have. so annoying no not at all I think this is the thing that I think this is why it's great I'm so glad that one that you were able to to use me as your support and I'm glad that Matt that you've been able to have your friends to to help you or therapy or whatever it is because you do it's hard to to do that by yourself it's really hard to to combat you know horrible scary thoughts and feelings by yourself I think it's I just don't know how I would cope um without help I was gonna say I remember one time we'd been to Hippodrome and you were there Matt and I think I can't remember if we'd went to see someone like James Bay or something I can't remember and we were on the bus back and I'd had a few WKDs (laughs) and or whatever I'd had and my heart was racing on the bus back and Joe was there. So I don't know if it was. Were you dating then? Yeah, we were. Um, But he was, I think he was still working at Jamie's or something. So he met us there late. And um, I remember like not a hundred percent realizing that I was, I think I was having a panic attack, Mm. but there was everyone around us. And I was like, Oh my God, this is so embarrassing. I probably just look like I'm just having a, like Joe and I have argued or something and everyone's going to think that I'm just such a nightmare and I was like really overthinking it and it made it worse and worse and worse because I was just sat there like really trying to hide the fact that I was feeling really shit and I was just waiting for my stop to come so I could get off the bus and I just felt so horrific I think when you're like in that situation you feel like everyone's noticing it so much more and it's like really heightens how you're feeling it was horrible Mm. really Mm. horrible yeah, so especially when you're so, not 100% realizing like how you're feeling, I think sometimes you don't realize until after it's happened, you're like, shit, like that's this most horrible, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. I think that was one of my main my main things after was was um like trains and buses, um, mm. and it's basically exactly what you said of like thinking it's weird, isn't it? Because you, 
I like got trained my entire life, like literally mm. my entire life. And then I went through a stage where I literally, I remember I went to Witten Station once and I was meeting some people and I was there for like an hour and a quarter and like a train would turn up, I'd get on it and then you'd hear the beep, 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 beep and I'd just like get off it last minute. I've had moments like that. Mm. I've had moments yeah. where I was on my way to interviews actually I've had, I've, and I, mm. I couldn't do it. I couldn't get to the interview because I was like, I... I couldn't even control what my body was doing. So I literally, but I could control calling up the agency being like, I'm not coming. Sorry. I'm not well. (laughs) (laughs) And then I went home and I was just sobbing. I was just like, this is ridiculous. Why can't I get on a train? Why did I have to get off at Rains Park when I'm meant to be at like Waterloo or something? And now I've got to wait space, isn't it? It's like, you can't escape. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's, it comes, I've had it where as well, I mean, this makes me sound like an awful employee. I'm not, but like, (laughs) I've had it where, um, when I was like babysitting when I was a teenager and I would just get the worst panic attacks and I would have to tell them, sorry, like the, the parents that I was working for, I'd be like, sorry, I'm I'm feeling really sick. You know, I I wouldn't say I'm having a panic attack. I'd just say I'm feeling really sick. Sorry, but do you mind coming home? And then I'd go home and then I'd just break down. It's, it sucks how much it can completely impact your life from things that yeah, you I think, easily do. Yeah. And it's, it, this is what I was saying. Like when you just tell your, your, your mind, I think for me at this point, I hadn't told anyone either. So as Jess says in that situation, when she was on the bus, if she'd, if she'd, you know, if we all knew, mm. then you probably would have been less stressed because you would have been like, Oh, well, everyone knows. But as, as you said, the reason you was panicking was because, which is what I had was like, everyone's going to think I'm weird, everything like this, and yeah. things just go back and forth in your head. Mm. And you're like, oh my God, like the, you think all the worst things. Yeah. When in actual fact, like if you were to have a panic attack on a train, and this is what my, my therapy was, to be fair, it was that you quite often try and avoid it. So you try and take your mind off it, but you're just going to keep coming back to it because your brain's going to be going, oh, the train's going to explode and all these bad things are going to happen. For me, it was like, right, if I actually think about it, how many times has it happened before? And it's no. like, I've got a thousand trains. It's happened twice or once. So it's likely not going to happen. It's like and a mantra, I, isn't it? You have to keep reminding yeah, me. I have that with flights. Yeah. I always, I'm like, yeah. okay, more, um, um, what's the ones I always say? I always say I've got more chance of being eaten by a shark. I've got more chance of being like, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, yeah, yeah. you start going through all those sort of um things to make yourself feel comfortable. Yeah. And it's the thing of then, so then it's like the next thing is like, right, if it did happen, what what would be what would actually happen and at that point before you kind of think about it rationally you think everyone's going to think i'm weird everyone's going to like everyone's going to leave the carriage and go in the other carriage because there's a weird guy having a panic attack but in actual fact like i know in london if i was to have one people would probably offer me a seat like give me a bottle Mm. of water make sure Mm. i'm all right so the actual worst case scenario that you build up in your head of like as you say like the train exploding or something like this Mm. is is not actually really going to happen mm-hmm. so and again you, I think for me it was going through that and not getting off the train that was the key thing as you say you can get off the train you can go home and just crack on with life but you're not actually gonna like get through it because yeah. then every journey yeah, yeah. every train journey that I did that I got there you're like oh great you did it you, you, yeah you feel so much better whereas for about I mean for a while like for probably like when I went back to uni probably for like five months I didn't actually get on a train wow, wow. but I didn't need That's to actively avoiding it or... yeah because you're just oh. it's easy to just go home mm-hmm. and then... I think it's that whole mindset as well of um when it comes to anxiety as well is 
surviving over living. Yeah. So instead yeah. of, like you said, you can get on the train, but then go home. It's like, okay, you're still okay. You're still alive. But all you did was survive. You didn't actually live what you were meant to be doing sort of thing. Yeah. So then, yeah. So like I've missed, you know, I've missed out on seeing my friends and stuff like that. Whereas the first, I remember the first time after the therapist told me to try that, like I did it. And this, like we're talking as well, this is, I was going to Richmond, which is like seven minutes on a train. Like mm. I'd got trains for like two hours before. And just yeah, but if you're anxious, it. seven minutes is like seven hours. Yeah, a long exactly. time. Yeah. So, but then I remember the first time I did it, I got there and I was just like, oh, that, that yeah, that wasn't that wasn't bad. as bad as you thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you then the more you do, build it up, don't you? Yeah, and then the more I think the, you have one bad experience, mm. and then you just constantly avoid having that again and again and again. Right. As soon as you have one good experience again, it kind of gives you that confidence. It, I think, yeah. I'm so glad that you have been able to get on trains and sort of overcome that. And yeah, that's my mm. job. Like, <laughs> so was, this is the thing. I was. This is all happening when I was going to uni to to study TV to work in London. So when it, when I was like really struggling, I was like, "Well, I'm not going to be able to do. I'm going to be able to work in TV because I'm going to have to literally right. work in the shop down the road because it's the only place I can go to." Oh. <laughs> like, yeah, I can relate um, to that. Yeah, I think so, most people can, can't they? It's it's like it is the whole safety thing, isn't it? You want to feel safe yeah. and that. Uh, if it gets really worse you're like right the only place that's safe is my room and there must be there must be so many people that are literally as you say literally just like avoiding it so they're just working down the road they're only you know they're cutting off friendships with people that live miles away because it's easier yeah and they must is just that why you that felt life. like you had to tell the tell the boys in the first place did you feel like um were you acting kind of differently or like cancelling on plans and things was it affecting that yeah, yeah, I think that was, I mean, it, it was still the thing, as I say, it was like, I thought it was, a, for quite a while I convinced myself, I think, that it was a stomach bug. Mm. And then I s suddenly realised, I was like, no, nah, this is definitely, this is definitely something more. So that was when I messaged my mum. Mm. And then after that, yeah, it was a case of like, I'd cancelled for two weeks straight, I'd cancelled everything with the boys. So they would have, yeah, again, it was a thing of like, right, they're just going to think that I don't, <laughs> like that I don't like them anymore or something. <laughs> So that was the main thing of which I think I was lucky that I felt comfortable messaging them because a lot of uh, people. So, do you know what? Yeah, I think your boy groups are really like they're not. You're kind of like laz laz laz. Don't take that in the yeah. wrong way. But <laughs> no, that's a compliment. Don't worry. <laughs> I don't want to be yeah, that. All, no, I think you're all um, really understanding of each other and mm. there to there for each other. I think you're quite a close knit kind of group in that sense, and I I think it's. Um, it's great. I think it's very yeah. sweet how close you all are. Yeah, you look out for each other. Yeah, I think it, that that's something that's really, really nice to see, especially like with things to do with this. Yeah, and again, I think that's where if I had a friendship group, and again, I'm going to stereotype, but I feel like there's a football thing. Whenever I've played for, I've tried, I've done some tryouts for some football teams. Okay. And it's such a like ego-driven thing. It's just you've got to try and be like there's like there's there's friendship groups with guys where they're just constantly taking the mick out of each other and it's constantly like banter and all this. I find that exhausting to watch, like yeah. to take part in. Yeah, yeah. And I think if it, if I had a group of mates like that, I probably wouldn't have, probably wouldn't have messaged them. I mean, I probably would just have to find decent friends, but mm. um, <laughs> yeah, but I think that's the reason it's difficult for a lot of guys because they'll get to, I think when you get to a point where you're like, right, I've got to do something about it, you're kind of mm. happy to tell, I was kind of happy to tell anyone. Mm. But again, it's how 
how your friends receive it. There's a lot of guys that are probably a bit nervous mm, about telling mm. their friends because of how they might react. But I think the more, like again, social media is from five years ago is is so different. And I think it is yeah. now a lot more acceptable for a guy to, doesn't matter who you are, if you put an Instagram post up saying happy mental health, like even like there's so many posts from people that I would think you've never struggled in your life sort of thing and then they're posting things about mental health day and you're like oh okay yeah so much going on behind closed doors isn't that crazy that even what you just said it's more acceptable now for men to say these things that whole sentence is wild to me like the fact that that was never acceptable before it's just crazy to me but I mean yeah I'm I'm very very happy that it seems to be going in a positive direction and I'm very thankful that you feel open enough to be open with us or comfortable to be open with us so mm. thank you for that yeah. um on a little bit of a different note you are also an animator um even though i incorrectly <laughs> said that in our uh, in our pre-recording <laughs> and then um, yeah. i just wanted to sort of just draw a little bit of attention to that because we wanted to one praise you you know immensely but for anyone who doesn't know and um who has seen our youtube video uh, or any of our episodes at the beginning we have a um intro with the animation and that is done by Matt, Matt Pettit here <laughs> so um and also if anyone who's seen any of my YouTube videos my intro there the being Rhiannon uh, animation is also done by Matt so I mean if you're looking for an animator look no further <laughs> yeah yeah the animation side I, I quite I just I quite like doing that. I think I've said to you before I quite just enjoy doing that stuff on the side and do you think that's something then that you would like um, as a career goal, like for the future? You think that that's something that you'd more gravitate towards? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's with that, it's more creative, obviously, which is which is good. Quite a lot often, it's just being asked to remove remove stuff, which I do enjoy because it's that's like a problem solving element. So okay. you'll get a client that will come to you and be like, "Get rid of this," and quite often they don't expect you to be able to do it. So then when you do it, you kind of feel good. But mm. yeah, animation is a bit more creative, so. I think, yeah, I think potentially. I don't really know. I don't really have a massive plan for it. It's just whatever Wherever gets you... thrown, whatever gets thrown at me, I kind of do. Cool. Well, um, I think we'll wrap it up there. But um, I think that our last question that we always like to ask all of our guests is: if you were a circle, what would it be made up of? What is your circle made up of? Um, it would probably be. But I mean, it's a bad thing to say. Football would be quite high. I figured it um, would be. <laughs> Yeah. Joe would say the same thing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously my family, Alice, friends, visual effects, of course. <laughs> um, I should definitely say. It's not well, I'm glad that you but... mentioned Alice because as we dedicate every um episode to a small business, a organization, or a charity. Um, and of course we've asked you as uh, our guest to talk about one. And Alice being your girlfriend, she has an incredible a uh, new found hobby, I guess we're calling it, but I very much want to say it's a business that I think will probably thrive um, and we want everyone to go and check out, which is Alice's Bakery UK. Is that correct? Yeah. So Can you give us on, a little on, bit of background? Yeah, to be fair, she 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 just started making cakes. <laughs> and uh, she, yeah, she did it as like a, I think she's always enjoyed it. Okay. Um. But then before she would just like bake cookies, like just a standard like recipe. And I think she just looked into it a bit more and started making these cakes that like 
they look like you know i don't know if in london there's like the hummingbirds mm, mm. like they're like six pounds and you're like how would that cake ever be worth six pound and then you have it and you're like i get it now worth it. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah she started making them and then obviously i try them as, as a business partner um and yeah they're like banging and that's not just me she's not told me to come on here and say this like they're genuinely they're, they're really good and i think they at the moment incredible yeah i mean they look good but they taste very good <laughs> just, uh, so you can go nice. and support her by going on instagram at alice's bakery uk um and i believe she has a highlight section where it's got the menu so you can yeah. find out all of the information on prices and what she has to offer and you can make your order so please go check that out thank you very much for joining us today matt we've loved having you on thank you everyone for listening please make sure to like and subscribe on our youtube channel go and stream on spotify and apple Podcasts. go and check out matt the link is in our description and we will see you for our next episode bye, bye.